Welcome to episode 46 of the Horror Dads podcast. You're joined by your hosts, John and Jamie. We hope you brought your toothbrush, your phone charger, uh, your swimsuit, um, spare change, maybe an outfit for a, a nice dinner, because we're checking in, Jamie, to our horror hotels. Yeah, we are. We have uh, three favorites Yeah, that are going to creep the shit out of you. Yeah, we're joined by our, our new buddy here, our, our guest, Oliver Barrett, who is a hell of a dude and happens to be from the part of the world we are, and we didn't even know that before talking to him. Yeah, no, Oliver's great. Um, we have some mutual friendships that we were unaware of, and um, he is a great dude. And the talks that we had, like the movies that he picked were great picks. Yeah. And uh, as you guys know, every time we have a guest on, we have them pick their theme and then pick the three movies that correlate with that theme. And uh, he picked Hotel Horror, and then the picks that he he chose are going to um, floor you. Yeah, and we intentionally avoided The Shining, so don't be sitting there saying like, oh, these guys are going to talk about The Fucking Shining again. Yeah, we didn't want to be too obvious on that one. So we just, uh, Oliver just like self-admittedly was like, let's just eliminate this one now and then uh, we'll get to three others. Yeah. Um, so if you're new, welcome to the ride. Hello. Check-in is, uh, 8 a.m. Yeah. We, uh, we drink, we swear, we (laughs) talk shit about our kids for a little bit. Uh, we love our kids more than anything and we love you more than anything, so... Uh, but yeah, we'll do our standard introductory stuff. We're going to get caught up here, but after a few minutes, we're going to get into our interview with Oliver, who was absolutely fantastic. Interview Oliver, and then we'll get into three films related to hotel horror. And I have some cool you know, hotel, real-life hotel horror stats that I want to rattle off you, Jamie. But, cool, uh, yeah. Let's do our intro stuff before we do that, man. <clears throat> All what, right. What have you been watching? All right, so let's just, uh, you know, get the big elephant... In the room, out of the room. The malignant, uh, malignant. elephant, yeah. yeah. I think that's what we've both been watching. What'd you think of it? Yep. Uh, so I was in the camp that, like, I didn't love it, but I liked it. Um, yeah. It, I told my wife, we watched it together, and I told her, I was like, I, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I enjoyed my Did you know anything about it before going into it? No. Yeah, I didn't either. I not saw the even, cover, and I was like, all right. Literally nothing. Yeah. yeah. I, that's what I do nowadays. Like, I, I don't like to see previews anymore. Uh, you know me with music, like I don't like to listen to the singles that get released. Like I just want it all at once. I yeah. don't really want to know much about it. Um, I just want to go in and kind of immerse myself in the movie, and that's what I did. And like I said, I, I found it highly enjoyable. Like it or love it, I yeah, I mean love it, <laughs> like it or love it, uh, love like it, it, love it, enjoy it, um, love it or hate it. Yeah. I think it's a must watch regardless. I think it's just one of those movies that like you're gonna want to see. Um, if you don't watch it soon, you're probably going to get something spoiled at some point. Yeah. I thought it was uh, visually striking. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it, and I was quite surprised by, like, um, the delivery. And uh, there's a twist, and uh, it's fun. I mean, it's... You could compare it to a lot of different movies, right? There's parts and little yeah. things that remind you of... A lot of movies, like I've heard people say Basket Case. I think you said V for Vendetta. I, honestly, there's some uh, serious action sequences that occur in, yeah. in the movie. So, Especially towards the end there. Yeah, again, like, just... Like, am I in a samurai fucking film? Like, Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> no, and I, I don't think James, uh, my buddy James, intended 
You don't think Jimmy won? <laughs> like the little music cues that he does, it's yeah. so. I've heard a lot of people say it's like a giallo as well. And the music cues are what really stand out for me that make it. It's like, loud. Yep. The soundtrack is, yep. um, and the score is, is very, very prominent. Uh, and it and happens like that, to most of the movie. There was like that scene. This is going to be totally spoiler free, but there's that scene when um, she's like, you think she's going to start doing like a Kevin McAllister because the way the music cues, you're like, oh my God, here she goes. She's going to secure the whole house. And then it's literally just her like attaching a new deadbolt and then it's done. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? That's, that's what you got That's here? it? Yep. It was great. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I've been watching too. So definitely worth mentioning. Um, I, I do feel like, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like I need to see it again before I can make a final judgment. Yeah, I'm going to wait Yeah, a while, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not watching it again It's not, this it's not one to watch back-to-back. No. Uh, back. What have you been buying, man? Anything? You know what? I just bought the new... So I've been wanting to buy this for a while. It's uh, the book called Taking Shape, which is like uh, about, the uh, history about you know the making of Halloween and no sequels shit. and different sequel ideas. And there's a second book that uh, kind of details the lost sequels that really? were made. Yeah, so I'm excited to read this one and then get on to that next one. Yeah, man. Um, that is super exciting. I got to borrow that after you're, you're done with it. Yeah, what sucks is I'm still, I'm like, I've kind of committed myself to finishing Pet Cemetery by Halloween, and now I have this book coming, and it's like, uh, well, get to work, man. Yeah. What are you doing here? I get home. Kids, go read. Kids, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, John. <laughs> um, so I, I actually snagged a couple Blu rays. I picked up. Uh, a movie that we talk about within this episode uh, a little bit, but I picked up uh, the movie Dead Silence, which is a it's a really fun one. Uh, we enjoy that movie a lot. If you've not seen Dead Silence, uh, check it out. It's worth a worth a view. Uh, and I upgraded my version of the Faculty to Blu-ray. Mm. I feel like I watched that movie a shitload this uh, um, the past like six weeks because we. Uh, guest appeared on another podcast um and uh we talked about the movie and just yeah, watch no evil yeah this whole like back to school season um we love that movie so much so robert rodriguez is uh the faculty snagged that on blu-ray did an upgrade yeah yeah dude great one it i have that on blu-ray as well i did the upgrade yeah. um it's a lot harder to pull the trigger, so I commend you uh, once you've seen it a lot of times. Yeah. And if there's a streaming version, it's like some, you know, yep. it's, but we love physical media. We're collectors, so. You know when I typically buy Blu-rays, like if it's streaming and then it's not streaming and you go to watch it and you're like, wait, wait, you were streaming last week. Yeah. I'm buying the Blu-ray. Dude, that fucking, and it's like, I'll buy the vinyl too, just in case. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, what are you wearing? Oof. What am I wearing? I live John, for... just sitting here in his underpants. <laughs> I'm wearing nothing. No, I have my live for this cavity colors. Yeah. Let's get into the Halloween fall season t-shirt on. We're there. Oozing with uh, uh, yeah, uh, with greens and oranges and, um, and purples eyeballs. and eyeballs. And it's, it's drippy and it's, uh, this is great tea. I, I love this t-shirt. Um. And it's all about the Halloween season. So that's what I, I have that one as well, and I also love it to death. I love wearing it. Um, but I, today I'm wearing my, so we're on the season, I'm wearing my Halloween t-shirt company uh, t-shirt with Frankenstein. Looks like he's getting ready to go to the movies. He's got his popcorn and soft drink. 
And uh, it's a shirt, like, every time we go to the drive-in um, in September or October, I wear this shirt, so. I'll get in that shirt with you. Yeah, I love this one. I love that shirt. Uh, family stuff, man. What's going on with family? So, everyone's good. Uh, the other day, my kids, so it was, like, two nights ago, uh, my wife had to go to her friend's house to watch The Bachelor. It's, like, what they do. They go to each other's house, and we have too many kids and me. Yeah. So they go to the other house, uh, but she's, like, getting ready to leave, and she bought my kids this, like, huge, like, bucket of, like, slime. Oh, dude. So it's, like, this, yeah, you know, as a parent, these fucking slime. So it's, like, what it is, it's, like, a huge jug, and then it's got all these little containers of slime, right? So my wife was, like, oh, there's these aqua slimes that are essentially just, like, liquid slime, and she's, like, uh, so there's like 20 total slimes, four of each kind, I guess. I, I have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Four of them happen to be this like devil slime. Uh, so she said she removed three and she was like, I can't find the fourth. It's fine. Nobody's gonna. So my little son comes up devil and he's like, dad, slime. open this. Uh, so I like get the scissors, cut the thing, give it to him. And that's it. You know, I'm in the kitchen doing stuff. So I go in to the family room where the kids are playing and Riker is covered in, he's my little one. He's covered in this like red fucking devil slime. (laughs) So I go in and I'm like, uh, what is that? Like, what is, what's all over you? And he's like, I'm covered in blood. Oh my God. (laughs) Dad, look, I'm in blood. I have blood. And I was like, okay, what? Like, is this, is this okay? Is this going to come off? Like, what is this? Like, I can't even describe. I was hesitant to tell a story because I it I can't describe how this looked. It just looked like he was, it looked like the blob, dude. dude like, he it looked alarming. like the blob was on his hands. Yeah. So I say to my older son, like, what is this stuff? Like, is it going to come off? He's like, oh, yeah, it comes right off. So he's got this huge thing in his hand. So I go and I grab it with both of my hands. As soon as I do that, I know I'm fucked. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, my hands are now stuck together in this fucking shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what? And then it's like it starts dripping. And then once it does, like, once it touches your skin, it's attached. And it's like, oh, my God. And then it's like it's leaking and it's on my. Now it's on. Like, but Riker's it's crazy because it thighs. sticks to you. But if it's you going pull everywhere. it off, it's like snot. It's awful. Yeah. but Yeah. And Dude, this, it's like, awful. It, it's not pulling off. It's like it's only going to come off, like, enough to drip somewhere but still stay where it was. <laughs> And make more of a mess or attach to somebody else. So then my oldest son so goes. So your wife leaves you with this. Yeah, so listen, my oldest son goes, oh, yeah, Dad, that comes right off. Don't worry about it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, let me show you. So he grabs it, and then he goes, oh, this isn't what I was thinking. Yeah, no, the, this is stuck. So it's me and my two boys now. All both hands slimed. all covered in this shit. Luckily, my wife hadn't left yet. I go upstairs. She probably thought I, like, murdered the cat. Uh, because I'm covered in this shit. Cat dead. She's like, wait, yeah. what's happening? And so, like, needless to say, 30 minutes later, she still hasn't left. She's bathing all three of us uh, in the shower, looking <laughs> shameful. Bathing all three of us. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. Um, oh, And that's slime. That's the true horror of life. Horror dads, should, indeed. Should be illegal. Yeah. Get rid of the slime. Uh, we made some homemade slime. Like, someone bought Finley a slime kit for her birthday, and... It's one of those things you hide under the couch. Oh, I, the, the kit. I honestly was like punching a brick wall <laughs> yeah. when I saw her unwrap it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for my family antique, actually, I mentioned this uh, a little bit in the episode too, but 
we uh we are recording two episodes this weekend, so we got a lot of great content coming out um, in quick succession here. But been watching a ton of movies, uh, some of them a little heavier in tone. And dude, I it, they've been impacting me uh, emotionally. I'm like yeah. watching them down here late at night in the podcast space, and uh, like the past like three nights, I've been sleeping on the floor in my kids' room because like I watch these movies that are like uh, kid centric and. Um, just makes you feel sensitive and you know how i am you know like i i wear my heart on my sleeve and i listen to like hardcore music while i drive and i'll tear up and cry to you know like touche amore's stage four uh you won't hesitate so uh this is this week's been a little tough for me because i've been watching these movies and i just like keep going and sleeping in my girl's room on the floor to just uh stay close to them but uh that's what's going on in my world so let me let me hit you with some um some motel and hotel trivia here okay about real life yeah let's so we're gonna talk we're gonna talk through um three films uh here with oliver but uh in reality in the united states today there are quite a few places that are supposedly haunted um so we're gonna start with the Malaga Inn, which is in Mobile, Alabama. Okay, so this is like a boutique sort of inn, um, and it's considered to be the most haunted place in one of the most haunted places in Alabama. Okay, um, and it was built like Civil War era. And it's supposedly like super Victorian and uh, has this huge like outdoor courtyard. But guests claim to have spotted this ghostly lady, all in white swinging on chandeliers and um lights that turn themselves on and off and furniture that eerily moves around on its own okay yeah so this is uh the the malaga inn in mobile alabama it's open to the public um and and supposedly room 007 is the scary one so go check that out do we know what goes on in there you gotta go stay Mm. there and let me know Next, we're going to head to Omni Mount Washington in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. So, at this resort, it's said that you may encounter some invisible residents. Um, these uh, habitants um, are known to tap on doors, and I actually tell a story about this uh, in the podcast, but they tap on doors, and, and once inside your room, um, she, has, this, she won't this hesitate woman, to use your toothbrush. No qualms borrowing your belongings. Um, so this is a, a, a ghastly, like, uh, you know, spirit based, uh, uh, legend, but, uh, room three, one, four, I guess is supposed to be the one that gives you the best chance of seeing the ghost. The woman in black. Yeah. Is that the name of that movie with Harry Potter? Yes. Yep. Okay, next, Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, big beer brewing scene. Shit. We just had friends that were down there. But hipsters, man. Haunted hipsters. Place here is called the Omni Grove Park Inn. So supposedly back in the 1920s, a young woman either jumped or didn't jump and was pushed to her mm. death from the fifth floor. It was John Cusack. <laughs> Room 545, to be exact, Okay. So a century later, employees and guests still, to this day, report her presence. And they refer to her as the pink lady because she was in this pink gown. Um, so for whatever reason, talk about horror dads, they say that uh, 
young children are particularly sensitive to spotting um, this manifestation. So that's scary. If your Next, daughter, like daddy, I see something pink. It's like go away. <laughs> Next, we're gonna head to the La Posada de Santa Fe Hotel, the Queen Anne in San Francisco. Uh, the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C., and, of course, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, um, are all oh. supposedly, and that's the one that mm-hmm. um, The Shining was based off of, and uh, Stephen King did stay a night in that hotel, uh, the St- Stanley Hotel in, in Colorado. Um, I've so, been to Estes Park, and I've seen the Stanley Hotel from afar. Why didn't you go in? Did, I was with my... This Bible, in the Bible toting parents. Oh, okay. So you you didn't have the conversation with them where you're like, hey, do you guys want to go see if we can no. manifest a spirit that Mm-mm. might be evil and could kill everybody around us? They I'll weren't be honest, when, when I'm with my family in those kinds of, kind of uh, settings, I'm pretty lethargic. So <laughs> let uh, me know when it's uh, back to just me, and then I'll wake up. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, so uh, we do have Patreon. we got a $5 tier, $10 tier. Please feel free to check us out on Patreon. Consider subscribing. Yeah, um, we just added a uh, Discord channel, too, for all of our Patreon members, so that's a lot of fun, fun conversations. And we just did a special uh, watch-through episode of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Yeah, we did with our buddy Chris Obert yep. and his wife, Isabel. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Um, so we had a lot of fun with those guys. We also have a website, and you can jump on our website, and you can suit yourself up in a Horror Dad's t-shirt. Uh, we're hoping to mobilize quickly here to get another design uh, out for the holiday se- the, the important holiday season, the uh, Halloween season, which is right around the corner for us. Um, so head over to HorrorDads.com, uh, find yourself some merch, buy your spouse some merch, get your kids some merch, uh, get yourself suited up. With that, let's get at it. Welcome to episode 46 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are joined by our new friend, Oliver Barrett. Oliver is an artist, designer, and musician. Hailing from Cleveland, Ohio, but now in Austin, Texas. Oliver, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to other humans <laughs> that I don't live with. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, man. Uh, so it sounds like uh, we have some mutual, maybe, friends from the Cleveland area. I think we do. I think we do. I think you know Justin Caroline. Yeah. And it's who's a business partner of my best friend and bandmate, LT. They run a. I'm just going to plug a Martha on the fly. So if you're a fan of brunch food in a bun and you live in Cleveland, look them up. Yeah, get after it. If you like square eggs, which is their yeah. <laughs> their uh, niche niche product, yeah, you'll love it. And they're, so Justin uh, is a good, good pal of ours and who's buddies with um, – Oliver's best pal, and Justin was actually on our show. I can't remember the episode, but it was our love letter to fall episode. He's hilarious, and he's just a complete joy to be around. And we're having him back on next month uh, for our part two of our love letter to fall. So we're super stoked about that. But 
Oliver, we reached out to you, you know, creeping around Instagram like we like to do, looking for great artists. Um, your artwork is fucking amazing. Uh, and we reached out to you, not knowing that these ties existed. We're like, hey. You're, oh, shit. Yeah, you're, you've got this amazing portfolio. Would you like to be on the show? And you're like, yeah, cool. And then I was like, wait, you're from Cleveland. We, we live really close to Cleveland. And then we, we found that, uh, you, you know, all yeah, those it's threads. It's fucking crazy. Because yeah. I think when you were emailing me, there was, I think I, there was some mention of what, what's the name of the, the venue that you guys went to? Was it the skate park? Yeah, Section 8 Skate Park. Section, not, section 8. Yeah, Section 8. Yeah, we played there, we played there a bunch of times. Yeah, I think my, is, one of my bands played there with you guys, which is crazy. Um, and, uh, but so. You, you know what year that was? Oh shit! Um, it would have been like two thousand three. Okay, was that the show where uh, <laughs> we dressed up with like really tiny shorts for no reason? Yeah, and, and I, fake mustaches. So you guys would typically for no fucking reason. It was in like November. It wasn't <laughs> Halloween. It had nothing to do with anything. I definitely remember mustaches. Um, but, oh my god! So the name of your band is Above This Fire, yeah, and you guys still play, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah, um, I would love to play again, but who knows when that's going to happen, like how we can logistically do that. Um, but yeah, the intention is to, to play again sometime. The last time we played was around Halloween 2019. Yeah, 2019. Mm. And again, we wore costumes because it was Halloween. So the short shorts and must fake mustaches and November 2003 makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So if somebody remembers why, please tell me. Uh, well, that's the kind of stuff we would do when we were young. It made sense then. So, um, your your catalog of work, as we mentioned, is is great. But mm, um, mm, mm, mm. some some references to the the horror world. You know, you've done work with Mondo, Waxwork, A twenty four, Lionsgate. So, um, your your work is way beyond just horror centric stuff. But you do a, a lot in that space. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like the projects you've worked on and sort of sure. how they came to be um i wish there were more of more of them that were horror centric because in a lot of ways and maybe it's changed after um you know becoming a dad and having like the financial responsibility change mm-hmm. but i've sort of just taken whatever not whatever like I'm, there's still a filter but if it's like a one sheet or if it's for a studio no matter what it is i'm gonna be like yeah probably just because there's going to be some sort of some sort of gain from it, whether that it's pays a whole lot or it has a whole lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah. Opens um, the door to another relationship or whatever. Right. But it's not necessarily like a hundred percent, like an alignment for like, like on brand for me, for lack of a better term. Like I like some of the things I've made, but at the same time, I don't necessarily like care for the property it's for. Mm. Um, that's not necessarily the case with the stuff that's on my portfolio, but my portfolio also hasn't been updated in a long time. And it's not because of that, but I've just been super busy. But to get back to the point, it's like, I wish there were more horror centric related projects, maybe coming down the pipeline. Um, I mean, they'll come just because that's, that's something that I'm more interested in. Like I'm more interested in doing stuff like that than stuff than some of the other things that, are on my portfolio currently. I'm not going to say which, but sure. Or some of the things you've seen on Instagram because it's newer. Um, again, it's like it's more like an assignment in a lot of ways, yeah. depending on what it is. But we were talking uh, just prior to recording, 
that Godzilla uh, piece that you did is so so awesome, and that uh, oh, Pennywise. Thanks. That's a good one. Like I love that one. Like that one. That one's a ten out of ten fit because Godzilla is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's one of those stuff. things. A lot of like the Mondo stuff. Um, it's it's been such a privilege to do because. It's it's all stuff that like ten year old me would like lose his mind over, sure, mm. and like did lose his mind over. Like I had, <laughs> I had a big bootleg Godzilla. It wasn't even Godzilla. I found that out <laughs> years later. Um, but like I had that. Like I love Transformers. Um, doing Kubrick films, like it, it, it blows my mind still. That like that's that's something I do for a living. Like it's. Yeah, that Clockwork Orange piece is really badass that you have, too. Um, Thanks. One of my favorite pieces was the uh, Macho Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Um, I may or may not have gotten a job from that illustration that may or may not be in gas stations across America. <laughs> hmm. Because I may or may not be not allowed to talk about mm. it. But literally, you could go to a gas station and it's probably in there. And you could probably guess what it is. You could probably just buy, you know, 10 of them and snap into it. Oh, we're talking about mustaches <laughs> and short shorts. That's what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. How, how, do you, how do you come to these clients, man? Like, what, I guess, what does the artist process look like? How, like, how did you come to start working with Waxwork in Mondo? Waxwork was... Waxwork was a referral. Most of these things, most of the, the cool ones are referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and for as much as it's true, like, like being talented and working hard will, will take you places. Like knowing people is a, is a rec, is a requirement. Yeah, for sure. Really? Um, you know, I got a lot of, um, I think, I think Waxwork found me through Jay Shaw. And Jay's kind of a guy that like put me in position to get a lot of different projects from Mondo early on. So I think that's where they came from. I'm pretty sure it is. And we, uh, Kevin had hit me up about working on Leon the Professional, which was one of my favorite movies. I came upon that movie in the same way that I found most horror movies is that it was just on TV when I was at my grandma's house on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon at like three o'clock and nobody <laughs> else was in the house. Was your grandma like your, uh, my mom's mom. Was she your enabler toward things that were less, less popular for parents? Like I had my aunt. I think was it was, it was her and both of my parents. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, they I mean, they were all great, but at the same time, it's, they were uh, they were very much about letting my brother and I be pretty independent. And I don't know if that's as much like, you know, do your own thing as now that I'm a dad. I'm like, oh, shit, he's entertained. Yeah. I'm going to go hang some drywall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was sort of one of the first projects that came in where I was like, holy shit, yes. Like, I'd, like I probably would have done it for free. Don't work for free. Yeah. But I would have done it for free. And it's, again, it's like one of those things where, I'm pretty sure that came from somebody else who I had worked with and became friends with. And I wanted to do like, you know, use that, the professional thing as a springboard to the next thing. And that's sort of still high work where it's like, I'm going to give you a hundred percent 
because I don't know what's going to happen next, but I know that I want to put myself in the best position to succeed down the road. Um, and, and a lot of times that leads to me like over delivering. Like I remember on that professional, I think I tried, I don't know, eight or nine different ideas for the cover. <laughs> and I thought maybe like the first like four were pretty good. And then it was just kind of like, nah, it's not really doing it. And then at that point I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not a fit for this. Like, I don't know if this is, this is my thing. Cause this is, this is like the first like real project. Yeah. And it's something that you that felt space. like passion and connectivity to like, all right. Oh this yeah. Is it, and and I don't want to fuck this one up. And like, yeah, you care so much about it. And that's like a real, a real thing. It's at first it's like once, once the excitement of the email wears off, you're like, holy shit. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, oh shit. What am I going to do? God, I have to get to work now. <laughs> yeah. And you want to make sure it's it's as great as it can be, but like, what does that mean? Like, you actually have to get to work to find it, and it's not that hasn't really. I've gotten better at it over time, but it's still the same now. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a dip, uh, huge difference between an idea just flowing out of you and then trying to force one out. Yeah, you know, like um, I'm like that too. Where like once I know I have to do it, it's like, oh my god, how do I get this out now? You know. But when it comes to passion projects, I, I don't know, because this is a weird, this is an, a unique circumstance, right? Because like, this is something that you cared so much about. It was like, okay, great. This is my first like real gig. And it's happens to be a subject matter that I care about. Um, for me, like when it comes to doing this podcast and editing it, like, I feel like this is my most creative element I can be in. And sure. I'm going to create my most, the best work here simply because it's like, I give a shit about this. Like I want to talk about hotel based horror films and I want to really dive into, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so cool that that was your, that was your, you know, your ticket in. Yeah. That's, it's fun and inspiring to hear you say that when you're talking about working on the podcast, because that's currently something that I don't have because, you know, Fast forward seven years from that, getting that email about that waxwork project on top of another, you know, five years of freelancing before that. Yeah. Um, drawing. I love drawing. I love making artwork, but at the same time, it's my life. Like there's like, yeah. if I sit down to make something as like a passion project, I just stare at a blank screen. Like it just, recently it's not it hasn't always been this way but it's just the way things have progressed and it's yeah. mostly from just being inside a lot too but um yeah and that's we, like the, we, next, we're the not, next goal is to like do something else we're not professional podcasters for a living right um so this is our escape it's our the fun, yeah, yeah the fun part yeah and i will say we do not make money from this endeavor no <laughs> Uh, we appreciate our patrons immensely and we love all of you guys. Um, but you know, we use all any money that we make from this endeavor. We feed back into the community. We buy artwork. Um, we do giveaways and we, we just, we care about this kind of conversation. And it's funny because like six months before we started the podcast, when we would talk about it, um, we would always joke with our wives, like, just so you know, we're not going to make anything. We're probably going to lose money. Um, and we were totally right. This is going to take a lot of time. Set that bar yeah. right at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. 
So let's <laughs> let's talk though a little bit about your relationship with horror and horror movies and um you know so you you mentioned I I love that story of the whole like uh, 3 p.m. at your grandma's when no one's around kind of thing like checking out movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, a sure there's a distinct that. sensation that I get in my body when I see the New Line Cinema logo like oh, uh, dude. Yeah. the build. Yeah. Yep. And it's from that. Like I don't know what like kid movies they make. It doesn't matter what it is. <clears throat> if I see that I'm like oh shit. You get a feeling. Yeah. Tickles yeah. your nostalgia bone. That's sure. how it is to uh, the HBO. Like whenever a movie would come on HBO, that like, oh yeah, like that just like gets my blood going. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and then I mean, it's I like I got a chill when you did that just now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then it's like stop, or my mom will shoot, and you're like, God damn it. Yeah, I don't want to watch this. So were your but were your parents uh, into horror, Oliver? Or yeah, yeah, I think so. It's I. I can't recall them like, you know, being like wanting to own like Freddy Krueger sweaters or anything like that. But I think <laughs> that's always something that they're interested in. Like at one point they had a, they had a dinner party for some, I can't remember the exact title of the film, but it's, it's something that I think it's just the devils. Huh? They had all their friends over to watch it and stuff. And hmm. they, did, they did cool stuff like that. Um, I remember going to the video store pre pre blockbuster being everywhere. Like it's like super early memory sort of thing of, do you remember the name of the video store? I want to say it was a and B it was on, I know where it was. A and B It was on Detroit Avenue. On, I want to say three blocks before one seventeenth, not before now it's class. It's before now it's class. Oh, so that's like where Cleveland goes into Lakewood, right? One seventeenth. Yeah. 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 It's on the Cleveland side, North side of the street. It's probably, it's probably like a salon or like with a bunch of apartment buildings on top of it. It's a really old building, but I remember being in there and my dad going to rent something and then me being fixated by the box art on a bunch of transformers vhs's and i was like this is cool i'm gonna rent this and he's like cool but he's not done looking yet mm-hmm. and at that point i'm bored <laughs> so i'm starting to wander around the store and they had all the horror shit in the back and i remember seeing the critters box art and being like terrified <laughs> Dude. oh yeah that was a good but one. i did not leave <laughs> And there was like, I think there was like Night of the Demons and something else in there. And oh, I was like, dude. holy shit. This, Night of the Demons is, is one of the most this, prominent. This looks so yeah. scary. Like the box art still freaks me out. Or the key art still freaks me out. What? Um, I think that was like my first like real exposure to it. I was like, oh, this is a thing that's like supposed to be scary and it's fun. Did you have one film that like was your like, okay, this is it for me. Like I fucking, I'm into Like this. I was like genuinely terrified by it and didn't want to watch it. Or like, this is my favorite. And they can be the same thing, but they yeah. weren't for me, I think. Yeah, because for me, like, it was it was probably Scream, because um, I was, you know, nine when that came out. And that was the one thing I was like, okay, not only am I scared as shit, but, like, I can't stop looking at this. And I have so many questions, and I have so many thoughts, and I have so many emotions, like, because it scares you. And then you're also like, why do I feel this way when I look at Tatum? That's the most beautiful person mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, it's just like so many things happened for me from that movie. We would probably have to toss it up between the original it miniseries or oh, dude. 
or just the Zelda scene in Pet Cemetery. We actually um like all of Pet Cemetery in general scared the shit out of me, but that in yeah. particular, like I would leave the room. I was scared of these things before I saw them too. And it was I'm pretty sure it was because of kids talking about them in yeah, school. Really. So there was already a sort of like mystique mystique and a hype around it. And think of Pennywise, like legitimately, like how does that conversation go, right? It's, hey, there's a clown that is legitimately transforms into your worst fear and will make you feel awful. So like (laughs) as a, honestly, like as a kid and not only that, but it's fucking Tim Curry, who was the most animated human on earth. Like that is a terrifying circumstance. (laughs) I remember there were kids talking about things that didn't happen. Like there's a crazy clown that like bashes a kid's head on a rock and then eats his foot. <laughs> I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> we rented this one from Blockbuster too because, well, oh, why did I bring this up? Oh, because we got the we got the tapes put in in the wrong order because oh. it started with them as adults, and we watched about a half an hour of it, and it was like way too much for me. And then we watched it again from the beginning. And I remember one of my friends was over and we had a couple people over and everybody fell asleep except for me. And one, once I noticed that like the last person had fallen asleep, I, I turned it off and then we watched it again like two days later. <laughs> oh yeah. And that would definitely come in two, probably two or three. Um... It was two. Also, John, I think you have the original DVD, which is like two, two or three DVDs, right? You have to flip it. Yeah. I have the, my Lord of the Rings is like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Also comes with like a map, a map and like, (laughs) like uh, beef jerky. So you can stay. Oh, rim rim gym. Yeah. Oh yeah. Comes with a bag of rim gyms. Do you have any like favorite projects that you've worked on? um, Horror related. Let's see. You know, I think the clockwork orange poster was pretty like bucket list sort of stuff for me. Yeah, I can imagine. But at the same time, um, and this is a common thing with doing posters like this, is after you after you finish it and you're like, oh man, that was a cool idea. Feel really good about how I executed it. You realize, oh, I've made a really scary poster that I would not hang up in my own house. <laughs> like I don't want to have like a towering goofy rapist looking at me when I'm coming up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. But like in my head, I'm like, Oh, it's just like the, it's the villain, like standing over you. Actually with that one, that was the, the second take at it. This was part of the talk at the last Mondo con, but originally that poster was going to be Alex winding up to hit you on the ground. And from like your mm. perspective and the, Kubrick estate rejected it because it was quote, the only line in the email was quote, too violent. Mm. Huh. I mean, that would be uh, violent, but that would be so cool. Yeah. It's, it's highly suggested <laughs> violence, but at the same time, like I get it after I had uh, looked into it a little bit and Kubrick himself had pulled the film in 75 because of inspiring violence or something like that. Mm. It's also I like, okay. I get it. Did, sure. Think of being a kid and watching that movie, and then saying like, you know, in like 
19 years I'm going to be exchanging emails with the Kubrick estate. Like that's a fucking... Oh, it was it was it was Mondo. I was out of the loop, but still. But like still like it's you're involved like what you touched and created made its way to someone's eyes that Yeah, and the yeah. Kubrick estate oh, yeah. is commenting on your work. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I remember renting that with uh my friend Vince my senior year of high school and we were like trying to figure out like corny ways of like involving like some of the quotes on the back of the box and like <laughs> our band, our band merch or something. I don't remember quite what it was, but it's freaking crazy. Dude. One of my uh, favorite pieces of yours is the green room poster with yeah. the arm, oh, the arm. Like, and yeah. it's like severed into oh, yeah. like, the black flag logo. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, that's another one where it sort of happens by accident. Cause there were some other ideas that were, pitched along with it and then at the last second before i sent the email i was like i got this other dumb idea i just throw it in for the heck of it and usually it's like the bad thing to do like mm-hmm. if you're doing logos or something like that you're like i just throw one in and that's the one they pick and you're <laughs> like oh i hate this but that's another like cool thing about getting to work with mondo is because those guys have a great eye for this sort of thing mm-hmm. so they're like that one and i was like really that one there's not even any black flag songs in the movie i think it doesn't matter yeah that one it actually makes total sense dude like when i saw that i was like man this is ingenious so we should talk about how you're a dad and we are dads how Mm -hmm. so you've got just the one i've got one and he just turned four oh nice nice yeah he's he's a fun dude is he uh into halloween is he into spooky stuff at all or no he is. He's, and I sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is this my fault from not really like filtering these things <laughs> and not quite paying attention enough? And then I'm like, no, it's fine. Um, but yeah, he, he's into that sort of stuff. He, he's a fan of watching, he watches certain like Nintendo games online. He watched me play Luigi's Mansion from start to finish, which is oh, nice. like spooky Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Like, I was kind of impressed that he was like not phased by any of it. Cause there was a certain point where like, you know, there's, there's jump scares and stuff and he thinks they're funny. Yeah. He digs them. Um, we dressed up as a skeleton family last Halloween. So that was cool. This year he wants to be, I think something from like PJ masks or something like that. Oh, my so, daughter was a owlet last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot wants to be a, uh, an Angelino. Oh Yeah. Which, if you're not aware, it is a ninja that doesn't have a ninja mask. That's uh, being led by, what's that little shit's name? Night Ninja. Night Ninja. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jamie's son likes all the bad guys. Yeah. The bad guys are so much cooler. He's like, although I like uh, like Catboy. Luna Girl, remember how in the Luna Girl he was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Romeo. What's the the moth that becomes, what's the moth that becomes like a moth humanoid oh i don't remember <laughs> I, christopher yeah, walking i've read that it's book. not cool oh, it's yeah. like it's pretty it's pretty freaking weird it's really creepy it's like it, mothma or it's masuki oh masuki is your wife into horror she is and i love when anybody asks that question because she hadn't seen the fly until three years ago four years ago hopefully you guys weren't eating dinner while you watched it because it's the most i said hopefully you weren't eating dinner while you watched it oh i made it like a whole thing i was like oh let's like order food and you know oh jesus let's eat oatmeal like give her like any like heads up (laughs) yeah 
Oh yeah, I love her so much. Yeah, she hadn't seen it, and there's a there's a photo that I have. It's just it's just her sitting in the corner of the couch, and there's just her like there's a blanket over her head. <laughs> I mean, it's a really well done film. Cronenberg is masterful. Oh, Fly's amazing. It's it's so gross. Like the body. Dude, another man. another watching movies at grandma's house thing. I remember seeing the end of the fly two there and being like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> Did you guys check out Malignant yet? No, I really want to. I didn't really catch any of the hype until like two days ago. Um, it's pretty polarized. People are like really pissed about it, and people are really really excited. yeah. I I don't. I've only seen positive things. I mean, all all I will say is. Don't take life too seriously, and you you might enjoy the film. I mean, like people are trying to poke holes in plot points, and it's like, okay, guys, like this is oh god, you can't like it's it's like the the movies that we were t- going to talk about today. It's like you can poke holes in any of these things. Like it's so rare to have like a bulletproof horror movie. It's there's such a suspension of disbelief that's required. Like if you're not, if you don't go into it expecting something, you have to like relax a little bit. I've, I've decided that like, I can't judge a horror movie like a new one without watching it at least twice. Because for me, so much of what I love is tied to how much I can rewatch it. Um, so if I watch it a second time and don't like it, then that kind of determines how I feel about it as a whole. Uh, but if I can watch it three or four times and still love it and still have fun with it, then it kind of uh, gets added to my list of favorites. Dude, Dead Silence, I think, is just as rewatchable I'll as watch it Lake tonight. Placid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, it out. It, it's, when you like see the cover and shit, you're like, oh my god, no, this is fucking dumb. And then by the end, you're like, your teeth are chattering, and you're like, oh god. Yeah. Like that scene when like it's the wall of fucking dolls or puppets or whatever. Dude. I will run out of your house right now thinking about it. My dead silence tattoo tomorrow. <laughs> hotel hotel, hotel horror. horror, right? Yeah. What do you guys have any uh, hotel horror stories? I mean, I stay in a shitload of hotels for work. Um, yeah. Do you have any good stories? You, I feel like you would be the one. Has have you guys had any experiences happen? I have. I have one. I re- defer to you because I wanted to think about it. Yeah. You just put me on the spot, so All I right. figured why you told your story, yeah. I wouldn't listen and think about my own. So. Okay, so Same. I'll tell this really bland story, so you guys don't listen, but <laughs> listeners, you listen. Uh, but I had this, like, I went to Boston for a conference, and I stayed at a Marriott or something, and it was one of those, like, conferences where, um, you know, we're, we're comps it, but rooms are, like, $400, and they shouldn't be, right? Because you you book it in advance and you're like, Oh, I got this trade show or this conference in a couple months. I'm going to be here. And then you get there and you're like, this is half the size of my bedroom. And literally there's a, there's a, there's a mini fridge like on the bed. Like there's nothing in here and it's so small and cramped and tight. And this was a $400 room. Like this is bullshit. Mm. Um, this, and this is in Boston. So it's like some conference Marriott, right? And I get up in the room and I instantly like, and Jamie and I have made this clear. Like we're not, we're not ghost hunters, right? Um, we, we don't really know where we fall on the, the spectrum of it, but I like, I'll just say tonight, like I, I don't believe in ghosts. Um, but 
I get in this fucking room, and I honest to God, it was like a cold thing washed over me. And I was like, Some, this room feels weird. Like, something is off. And, like, I dropped all my bags, and I went and met a colleague downstairs, and I was like, oh, let's grab a beer, and we're sitting there talking. I was like, how's your room? And he was like, it's fine. Why? And I was like, did, did any, do you, um, how, you know, how, any, what, how, how do you feel about it? And he was like, it's a fucking room. What are you, like, what are you getting at here, bud? And I was like, yeah, no, my, my room's just a room. <laughs> just, that's exactly what I thought, too. Um, but I go up that night and it's, you know, a, a day of traveling and I, I swear to God, my bag was in a different spot than I put it. Okay. Which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of fucking weird. And that night while I was sleeping, I heard this like tapping, like, and in a hotel, it's like, oh, someone's taking a shower. Yeah. Right. Um, and I swear to fuck, like, I heard the door handle rattling, and I was like, all right, someone's fuck. Mm. Like, I told my colleague that something felt weird, like, he's fucking with me. So I, like, get up, and I run over, and I look out the the peephole, and I don't see anything. But, so, I've, without exaggeration, have probably, at this point in my life, stayed in hundreds of hotels for work. It's the only time I've ever had any kind of experience where I, like, jumped up in the middle of the night and, like, looked out a peephole was there. Um, nothing came of it. There were no lights for flickering on and off or anything, but, like... It just felt really, really strange. Probably just some drunk ass pounding on the walls. D- and- yeah. Someone was, you know, taking a late night shower yeah. and um, a drunk guy thought, you know, was trying to get in the wrong room. By the time I got there, he was gone. Late night ghost looking to kill, you know. Either that or something more sinister happened. Yeah. I don't have any hotel stories per se that jump off the top of my head. You have a ghost story though? But I do have this memory of being on tour in like 2008. And we were playing a show in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And we were friends with one of the bands we were playing with. And he's like, oh, I got this place we could stay at. And just the thing you do, you just stay at random places when you're out on the road playing shows to save money. So no one thought twice. And we're like, okay, we're going to do it. So... We drive, I think it was, I don't know, three, maybe two hours. I don't know which direction, but this is all we had already left at like one, like one or something like that. It might've been 11, a little bit earlier, but remember we get to this house. Like 1 a.m. That's in the, we got there at like three. Yeah. Okay. And it was like two vans, two or three vans full of dudes. And it was this like crappy beat up house. I don't remember if there was farm around it, but it was like the literal middle of nowhere. Like you looked around 360 degrees, you didn't see shit. It was black. <laughs> so you pull up to this this house. There's like two lights on. There is nowhere to sleep. There's like not. It's not a situation where you're like, oh, we got a bunch of beds or a bunch of couches or something like that. No, it's just like find a spot on the floor. No big deal. Normally, no big deal. But in this case, I had posted up in the kitchen because everybody else was like yeah there's no there's nowhere you're gonna fit so i was like, okay fine i had to get up and pee and again this is at like 5 a.m i'm already sort of like irritated and stressed out and you drove hours to sleep in a kitchen yeah nowhere yeah. middle of nowhere and I remember there was a tv there's a tv on and i could barely see it and i'm walking towards the bathroom and <laughs> There's a lady that's like 
it looks like the be- like the back of a woman's head sitting in a recliner just like this watching watching whatever it was oh my god dude i finished going to the bathroom i come back out there is the door's cracked a little bit more just a little bit more so you could see further into the room there's just static on the tv and she's not in it anymore and then as i was walking towards the kitchen she was just standing in the kitchen and i was like oh, fuck. oh dude no 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 Ugh. and you're like excuse me ma'am i'm sleeping in here can you get out of the kitchen I don't even remember what she looked like. It might have just been the back of her, but at that point, I was like, I'm going to sleep in the van. Well, it's, it is weird. So, hotels are supposed to be a place of comfort, right? Because, Maybe. you know, you're a weary traveler, and you're going along your way. So, either you're, you're on tour, and you need to make a stop, and you're tired, and it's one in the morning, and you just need to lay your head down, or, or maybe you're a, an athlete, and you're... You know, you're in town and you got the big game tomorrow, or you're at a work conference, you got a big presentation. So this is supposed to be a place of comfort and solace where you, you know, you're tucking in. Yeah. But we're going to talk <clears throat> about some places that aren't comfortable and don't create solace. No, you're going to be untucked. Yeah. We're going to talk about three films. So uh, Oliver selected three, and um, we're going to talk about the film, we're going to talk about the hotel, and we're going to talk about how uncomfortable and untucked you get in these places. So, Oliver, before we get to the movies, though, plug your stuff, man. Where can people find you? Um, where can people find your band, uh, social okay. channels, what, whatever you want people to know about uh, where to access you? Okay. Um, it's just literally my name for everything. So it's OliverBarrett.com, Instagram slash OliverBarrett, Twister. Twister, Twitter slash Oliver Barrett, and you spell that O L I V E R B A R R E T T, two R's, two T's. And my kid's name is Elliot, and he has the maximum amount of consonants <laughs> in both of his names on purpose, just so it's easy to not fuck it up, and all of his teachers continue to fuck it up. It drives me crazy. <laughs> so if you're listening, teachers, for whatever reason, smell my fucking kid's name right. <laughs> we actually just did an episode on uh, worst teachers in horror. Um, a few, oh, that's, that's amazing. A few weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, if you listen to the show and you like a lot of the artists we've interviewed thus far, check out Oliver's work. Uh, we know you guys will love it. Um, and he's got a, a web store as part of his site. So uh, feel free to head over there and, and pick up some, um, some awesome prints because he's got a lot of great stuff on there. Get on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's get the Spotify plays up for uh, Above This Fire too. It yeah. means something yeah, to certain people, that. but not me. <laughs> and do that. Uh Above This Fire is the band. Um Yeah. And uh But please don't play it in like the intro or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear my own band before I talk. <laughs> I don't want to listen to myself talk. Without further ado, let's get into some uh Let's check in, shall we? Let's check Fuck. in. I'll just check out. Yeah, Jamie. All right. Swipe your magnetic card into your coffin there, bud. <laughs> All right. All right, 2007. 2007. Brought us. 2007 brought us a, a, <laughs> quite a film. Um, in 2007, a movie called 1408 came out. Everyone dies. When 
Mike Enslin lost his daughter. The afterlife became his obsession. You probably want to hear all about our haunt history. But after years of searching, he no longer believes. So you're saying there's no such thing as ghosts? I'm saying I've never seen one. Nothing would make me happier than to experience a paranormal event. All right, this was a great pick here, Oliver. Still scary. Dude, still scary. So scary. Emotional and fucking just packed with everything. Um, it's got every dad's worst nightmare. Man, it really does. I, I'm not... Wet parents. electronics. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> biggest, the, computer, the computer gets doused. That really is a, a terrifying prospect. So this movie was directed by uh, Mikhail Hafstrom. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mikhail. Starring John Cusack, Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. Whoa. Who Coming in just, hot. Dude, he, every sentence he says in general is so deliberate. Yeah. Uh, but this movie is no exception. He He's very much himself, and he's, he acts the shit out of that role, and he does a great job in it. But Samuel L. Jackson is himself in this movie, as is John Cusack. Yeah, dude. He is just himself. I feel like if he, when he pulls up at, uh, you know, whatever, at Starbucks and he orders a, yeah, yeah that's exactly how he talks and sounds. Not same out, well, both, but yeah. They're just both themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, synopsis for this, though, for those that might not have seen it, this is a, uh, based off a Stephen King novel, but it's about a man who specializes in basically debunking paranormal occurrences. And he, um, he checks into a hotel that is supposedly has a sordid and haunted past, and he's he's a writer, um, and he kind of writes about these occurrences, and uh, he checks into what is called the Dolphin Hotel in New York City. Um, but soon after settling into the to the hotel, he um, he's confronted by some legit terror in front of him. Yeah, this was filmed at the Roosevelt Hotel in oh. New York City. Nice. Roosevelt. Yeah. I stayed at the Pierre at the beginning of 2020 on for a work thing. And uh, I got similar vibes from the hotel here. So it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, I wasn't crazy when I was walking around the lobbies just feeling sort of like, this is this feels like it could be pretty scary at night. And then sure enough, I went I went out and came back pretty late and it was it wasn't the same feeling with the lights a little dimmed. <laughs> wasn't as fun. No, it wasn't fun at all in the no. hotel, but <laughs> not a great hotel. I love, I love this movie though. Um, I, it's, it's not one I've watched a bunch of times. Me neither. But rewatching it this week, I was like, man, this, this is actually, it's scary. Um, and it, it's well filmed and it's really well acted. And oh, yeah, visually it's great. Yeah, and I feel like this whole movie feels like uh, basically like it's like John Cusack's character. I think his character's name is Mike uh, Enslin. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's about his like, it's almost like a descent sort of into madness and self reflection and self discovery, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but he he uh, I love the way it kind of starts and it's it's almost this like gimmicky sort of. Like, uh, oh, I used to be uh, the best baseball player on 
on earth, but now I work at a sports store and I'm like helping people find shoes. Like that's sort of how he, it feels in the intro. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's washed. Yeah, exactly. Like washed and worn out and just beat up by the world. And you don't know why. And you, you kind of find out why later, um, he goes to that, that bed and breakfast. And he's like, yeah, okay. Lizzie Bourne's going to kill me in my sleep. Got yeah. it. Yep. Just give me my fucking key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say six skulls out of 10. <laughs> What's yeah. what's his beater? Yeah, that's his like uh <laughs> yeah. like, give like, him four ah, skulls. You know what? Fuck him. Give him five. Give him five skulls. Give him a break. Come on, John. They were a nice couple. Yeah. I also love how uh the when he comes into the hotel and like it's the red flag room, right? Like the woman's checking him in and it's like check with management before uh Yeah. Yep. And then that whole scene, the setup with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson occurs, and their discussion is so it's so great. And um, the part the camera circles around them, yeah. like the way it's shot is super cool. It's like all one shot. It's it just amazing. circles around them during this really tense dialogue. The scene's amazing, and the setting. There is no John. You manage an apartment building, and yeah. you were in like a closet in the basement. Dude, this guy has a fucking like library as his office. Mahogany everywhere. Yeah, you're right. But Dark w- cherry wood, just like <laughs> the part though yeah. where we're like, come on. He's sub- like Samuel L. Jackson subtly trying to bribe him, um, and he's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I will have a glass of that whiskey. Eight hundred dollars a bottle. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, cool. And then he puts it in his bag. He's like, I'm still gonna stay in the room. And Samuel L. Jackson's like. God damn it! <laughs> I love it so much. It's like, God damn it! I don't want you to hear that song from Happy Gilmore every hour. <laughs> it's unexpected oh, humor yeah. for sure. And he he refers to it as an evil fucking room. Uh, but yeah, I I love that that so much, and it's the whole God thing is visually yeah. striking. Yeah, that's a great movie. I love that. What the Carpenters? The first jump scare actually it got me. Oh yeah. Oh, like, dude. And then we even Flip have radio a, just tra- comes on. We even have an or appearance that, like, from Stanley. Peak, uh, peak skeptic. Stan- oh, oh yeah, he was peak skeptic at that point. You're right, but yeah, Stanley from the Office is the dude. like thermostat repairman. Is that's not actually him though? Is it? What do you mean? No, that's uh, that's uh, what's his name? Was it not Stanley? No, no Clay Davis Stanley. from uh, it's Clay Davis from The Wire. The Wire, yeah, okay. yeah, The Wire. I'm sorry, it's a she guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, Who I, always should play that guy in every movie? So when John Q is like, "Hey man, could you fix the heat? It's messed she, up in here." Let's sure what room you in. Fourteen oh eight. She. <laughs> that that whole scene oh too is God, so fucking yeah. good. When he's like. I'm not coming in that fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> He's so like, I, I, I do love that. Um, so did he actually fix it? Like, was he, was he there at all? Yeah, something that's, that I that's the question. Yeah. I mean, he sure seems like he was, but sex guy taps, taps the thermostat. Like he's told shuts it. He's gone. At no point does that guy enter the room. He's Oh yes, sir. You're a gentleman, a scholar. Let me give you a tip. <laughs> Before he can even finish the word tip, the guy's gone. Well, later he's freezing, so I'm, I'm going to say he did not fix it. He might have fucked it up the other way. But it, it is cool how much they like manipulate all of the senses that one can feel, and they do it visually. 
but they do. They ma- manipulate like the sense of of feeling of of taste of of sight. Like they, it's very immersive. Like if it's, it's oh yeah, the whole thing is very immersive. Um, like when he's out on that ledge, I'm oh, on that dude. fucking ledge, dude. Th- that whole fucking when he's doing the thing from the window to yeah. the other window. Yes, and there's no window. Oh, or, oh yeah. you mean when he sees his reflection? Yeah. yeah, and then there's something behind. What him. about what about the male pattern baldness Wolverine guy that's trying to kill him? Y- yes, the axe. that guy behind him. I thought it was a woman. Balding Logan. Actually. I guess it could be a man. That was Stanley from the office yeah. behind him, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. Running at him with an axe. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oliver, so this was not your first experience of this movie. It was just a while since you'd seen it last, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got, I got into it when it came out. Either we rented it or we bought it. But it just, for whatever reason, it just didn't stick, you know, mm-hmm. 14, how many years later? Is that right? 14 years later? Um, yeah, I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised with, with how much I liked it. Because I was trying to do something else at the same time because I have to multitask all the time. Um, sure. But I couldn't do it. It was a face watcher. Like I had to watch it with my whole face. Yeah. <laughs> it demanded yeah. all of my attention. Um and I want to say I want to say that I thought it could have ended at like at, at any point it could. Well, we're going to talk about the ending, aren't we? Because didn't you say that there are multiple endings? Yeah. So apparently there's two. I think there's two. There was a theatrical ending and then a director's cut. Which what was the ending you saw? Apparently the director's cut is the most common ending now. Uh, the, okay. Because what I was going to say is it felt like it could have ended like three different times. Yeah. So and what, I would have been happy with any of them. So the ending that I saw, uh, <clears throat> which I'm assuming you guys saw as well, is where he's dead, and Samuel L. Jackson tries to deliver the box to the wife at the funeral, and she, like, of his goods with the uh, tape recorder in it, and she doesn't accept the box. That's not the ending I saw. And then that's uh, not the one I saw either. And then, so the ending that I saw, he's actually dead. Samuel O. Jackson listens to the tape recorder in the car at the funeral that he tries to give her the box. The wife won't take it. Samuel O. Jackson, like, listens to the tape recording and hears uh, his daughter actually talking to him. And so, like, he knows that it's real, but he knew it was real anyways. But he turns around in his car and he sees John Cusack's, like, burnt face. And oh. It's a jump scare. And then he kind of smiles and drives off. No. Uh, <clears throat> I don't like that one. Yeah, I think, Oliver, so... I think probably both of our endings was the one where he's with his wife, right? At the desk and he is listening to yeah. the tape recorder and they hear his daughter's voice. Yeah. So he survives, right? Yeah. Yeah. In that one. Those are the two different ones. Yeah. But Well, the- I remember the, the other twist that he was still in the room when the when the dudes just start tearing apart the post office or whatever it is. And yeah, he's so just is still that not in the, the one you guys saw? The the mailroom scene? Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Yeah, that um, scene is in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just not the end. That scene is the scariest scene in the movie to me. Um, I don't know why. Like when I rewatched it, the chills that I got, like because like you know, as soon as the the male clerk turns around and it's that, yeah. that dude, you're like, okay. But then like the workers behind him start like tearing the walls and like they like the one dude throws the clock for some reason when he throws the clock, I'm like ah. 
I don't know why. That got me too because they, I, for some reason, I expected them to attack him. Yes. And because yeah. they didn't, it made it scarier because it I was think like that's it. Uncertain. Um, but because that happened, because I was again, I was trying to do a couple of different things at once, and right before that happened, I had sort of like lost focus, and then when they started tearing the room apart, I was like, "Holy, holy fuck!" And then when the ending of the film came, I was expecting some sort of twist again, but the tape recorder thing still got me. Mm. Yeah, they ended awesome. like multiple times. They ended. They're like, "Not yet." And in fact, yeah. like I've seen this movie you know, a couple times, but not a ton. And like last night I was like, wait, is that the end? Is that the end? Is this the end? <laughs> um, and then when it finally ended, I was like, oh shit, that's how it goes. This was the only time I've seen it since I like rented it when it came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it still hold up. Where did up. you watch it, Jamie? I, to be honest, I don't remember. Did you pay to watch it? I, I assume I rented it. No, no. I mean like this week when you watched it. I watched it. it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. you said. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant originally. Like, well, I watched it on a tube TV. <laughs> let's let's head to a little bit of a more fun one. 2015, right, John? Yeah. Why don't you intro this one, Jamie? All right. We're going to go to the Abaddon Hotel. Uh, this movie is Hell House, LLC. that night at the Abaddon Hotel. What is that? It's everything. Sarah, have you watched those? No. So you have no idea what's on them. How beautiful is this? Hell House. Limited liability company. Um, not to be confused. They with do not want that full. LLC. They do not want that full liability. <laughs> this movie's fucking great. It I think is. it has a better ring to it than Hell House S Corp. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That could have been the sequel. Hell House D and B. Um, We're trying to make some dad jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> what's your relationship with this movie, Oliver? When did you? I first had see no it? idea it existed. So when you presented the idea, I was like, well, one, it's streaming. Yep. On Prime, which yep. makes it easy. Always a plus. Uh, two, when I was looking into it, it was a, you know, sort of a cult classic already. It has, has like some sort of like cult following. Yeah, it does. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Plus, you guys said it was great for Halloween, mm-hmm. which is right around the corner. It's one of my favorite. It's like a... Halloween staple for me. I watch it every fall. So this is directed by Stephen Cognetti, starring a person named Gore Abrams. A, a person. So a if, person named. If your fucking name is Gore Abrams, you better be in the horror industry. Uh, and uh, Alice Bulky. Um, but the general synopsis, for those that might not have seen it, is five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff um, on the opening night of basically like this haunt, right? A Halloween yeah. haunted they, house. They call the patrons uh, tour goers because they kind of frame the haunted house as a tour of the old Ab- Abaddon Hotel. Yeah. 
and it's it's okay. a documentary crew that kind of like heads back to the scene of the tragedy to see what what kind of happens. So yeah, it's one of those where they uncover found footage. It's a found footage film for sure. Yep. So if you do not like found footage, you may not like it. John and I happen to. It, it's one of those things where you think to yourself, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm okay with found footage. And then I realize I love every found footage film that I see, and I'm like, maybe I love found footage. <laughs> it has to grab me, like, within the first, like, couple of minutes. Sure. Otherwise, I just, for, for whatever reason, I just can't get into it. In this case, it did. Did it? Okay, it because, cool. see, I had the opposite. Yeah, because I, I thought it was pretty clever. For as, like, cheesy as the name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like the sort of found footage, like mockumentary sort of idea. Like it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know where it started to lose me the first watch, it kind of lost me at the, like those, the, the mockumentary, like the interviews they were doing. I was like, Oh yeah. A Dude. couple of them are rough. Yeah. hard to like, yeah. Like that. Hard pro- to digest. What, that pro- that what professor brought me back like into it guy. was the, um, sorry, the, the bro dialogue is just like so shitty and hateable. I yeah. was like, I hope something terrible happens to these dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and my are... my one uh, criticism, well, not my one, but a criticism I have of this movie. I really do enjoy this movie. I like it a lot, but I think it's this style of filming. I feel like you can't. You have a limited capacity to really connect with the characters. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about the characters in Blair Witch. Um, and I think it's just the whole found footage style where you just like, none of these characters, I felt Oliver to your point where I was like, man, I really hope this person makes it out alive. I really hope that person makes it. Out yeah, alive. yeah. So this was filmed at a real haunted house though. Uh, did you know that? In I did not know that. In Pennsylvania. Um, in, I guess it's. Layton, Pennsylvania. There's my Midwest hillbilliness. Sorry if I butchered it. Um, uh, Chris, our buddy Chris Obert is going to need to let me know if I mention the uh, proper place there. Um, but it's uh, called The Haunting of the Waldorf Hotel uh, is the name of the, the haunted house. And it's actually a former hotel. Damn. So everything outside and inside is this place in PA? I think so, yeah. Hmm. But this yeah. this movie, the pulse, the vibe, the tone, um, how it's centered around uh, Halloween time, um, the environment, it's kind of everything in this, right? Um, and I feel like even the shots of like the place being in such dilapidated, poor condition, like when the camera goes up toward the ceiling and like everything's water, water specked. So, like I love that the whole environment yeah, that stuff creeps me out. Yeah. It's like moldy walls. Yeah, I swear you can like smell Dank. it when you see that. Yeah, smelly places. Yep. The other thing that I dug about this one is that it almost has like that same sort of feeling of going to a haunted house. Like when you walk in a room and there's like no obvious sort of scary thing happening. And then there's like maybe a guy standing in the corner and he just moves his head. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. That There's scene, a lot of those with that fucking clown. Yeah, dude, the like scene that's, where that's he's the up movie. on the steps. <laughs> yeah. Particularly. Yeah, yeah, Dude, that, that scene. There's a lot with that clown. Ugh. Like when they when they come back up and he's standing in the hallway like blocking their like, yeah. path. Oh, dude. And look, the, the guy just runs right past him. Not me. No, I'm running back down in the basement. 
No, get out of that basement. Yeah, but man. I'm not running past that fucking clown. Get out of that basement. And that uh the piano scene too. Oh. That song, that piano, yeah. like that piano yeah, yeah. tinkle is in my head all day. Yep. Ugh. So was there something like satanic about this one that I didn't quite pick up on? Yeah, so it's a it satanic was... it's a satanic cult. Uh, you remember when they're telling the story about that one guy, I can't remember his name, uh, the guy that hangs himself, like in the dining hall? Abraham Yes, Lincoln. yes. He was the guy uh, that, <laughs> he was like the leader of the cult. <clears throat> and um, I think they had to like, I don't know if he had to hang himself or, he definitely hung himself, and that's where the hanging uh, theme comes in. Uh, that story that's gets a little convoluted. Like the... But, the guys in the cloaks. It's yeah, part exactly. of a cult then. It's part of a cult. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're all devil worship. That's why the basement, they have all the Bibles down there. Yeah. Have you guys watched any of the sequels? So it's a trilogy now. I saw the second, but not the third. How about how about you, Oliver? I did not. I didn't know any of them existed until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So what's funny is the second one um, is... I like the third one more than the second. The second one kind of, I was like, I don't know if I want to see the third one after this second one. <laughs> and the third one is an improvement. It, the second one you're expecting, so in your mind, you're like, okay, the first one was kind of a success, maybe, I think. Uh, so the second one will obviously be a little bit better. I think it was a step back. Like, I think the acting was worse in the second one. Really? Yeah. That's Sophomore hard. slump. Uh, but that third one, I remember being pretty fucking scary. Huh. I got to check that one out. I, I I think I texted you. I was like watching it by myself. I, like my wife and kids went to bed upstairs and I was downstairs like with the window open. I like that was one of those where I shut the window and locked it uh, because it was just scary enough. You're going to bed and you're like sprinting up the stairs. You're like, I got this. <laughs> yes. I'm 40. No yeah. fucking big deal. Yeah. There, this one did some pretty cool stuff though. That still got me. It did like the classic, like someone standing in the background, but you don't really notice it. But oh, the thing that the strobe lights, no. yeah. But the thing that also bugged me that they did is they did that they, they would make some kind of like weird, like sort of like video sound effect, like yeah. And then it would go back and show you the thing standing in the corner. It's sort of like explaining the joke. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, come on, if you missed it, you missed it. Like that's that's like one of the scariest things in the whole movie is like when in the very beginning, at least for me when they're panning down in the basement, there's a guy standing in the background or the other part where they're in the basement. And he's talking about how there's not, there wasn't this many dummies or whatever it was. And then the strobe lights are going on and there's like progressively like more and then less and then more and then less. Unless (laughs) you're really watching, you don't catch it. But then at the end, it's like, wait, if you you missed it, here it is. Yeah. Here, let us spell it out for you. Yeah. 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 No, you should be scared. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Yeah. All in all though, how many skulls do you guys give this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I give this movie seven skulls. Honestly, like I, I like it. I think I would give it five skulls and try the second one. And then I would throw whatever that glass object is into the window and let the fire just take me out. You're going to give the second one 2.5 skulls. Oh. Third one, you'll give maybe five and a half skulls, maybe five skulls again. Um, I'm going to give this one seven point. Five skulls. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a good... All right, if 1408 is 
let's say 10 skulls. That's a 10 skull for you. That's a 10 skull. I would say, if I would say it's a 10 skull, let's say it's a 9.5. Okay. I was going to say 10. Yeah. This is going to be our new unit of measurement every time we talk about a movie. Hey, I feel like I went too high with seven and a half skulls. I'm back yeah, down with you, John. I think Hell House Fuck is him. I'm be back down like to seven. Give him three. seven skulls. <laughs> All right. So, Oliver, you did not like the movie then. I liked it, but it just wasn't good. Wasn't, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> here's, here's those things can be true. <laughs> well, if you're a horror fan, those things are, they don't have to be mutually excu- exclusive. Yeah, but like, you know, there's like bad good. Like, yeah. so bad it's good, but this wasn't bad enough. <laughs> it was you know just, I liked it. Uh, it just yeah. wasn't good. It just wasn't good. <laughs> That's a gentle right. way of him yeah. saying, like, thanks for fucking thanks recommending for, me this yeah. movie, you dick. <laughs> I was entertained. Right. It worked. Well, like, I'm into the, the sort of, like, satanic stuff from going to Catholic school. I think all that stuff's, like, extremely fascinating just because of yeah. that. So... I was into it. And it, again, like I'd like to go into haunted houses when that was the thing you could do. Sure. Um, and this had the exact same vibe to it where you'd enter a room and maybe there's a bunch of clowns in the corner and some of them start moving. Some of them don't. Ugh, man. And then there's a, then there's a guy at the end that like chases you out of the house. Also, I yeah, felt cool. like it was, a, I felt like the backstory was effective, like the beginning and you know, like uh, you kind of get a knack of the friendship and how it's like, Eh, are we friends or are we business partners? You know, it's kind of yeah. a forced friendship. I thought that stuff was pretty well executed. Yeah. You're right. Um, Cause I really, really hated that one guy. <laughs> the main guy was, was that gore. I felt like gore and somebody else looked exactly the same. So there are two gores. I have no idea who the fuck gore is. Everyone is gore in this movie. <laughs> Al Gore. The main guy was Alex, right? That's the guy. Al, I gore. The most. Al gore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I hated him the most. <laughs> I started to look it up, and then I was like, you know what, I'm not. But also, wait, there's that moment where the girl, so obviously the girl is a, now a member of the cult, right? Sarah, the main. That's what you find at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, she, w- dude. She now that I have this cult information, she it might great. be four and a half skulls. <laughs> So it's a downgrade because of the that's cult? like a big, but it's a big gap in the story for me there. Me not making the the cult connection, yeah. and just sort of missed out. I was like, oh, she's just like weird ghost lady trying to lure him back in mm. the room she was in. Because I thought that was cool, but at the same time, I was like, man, this feels kind of sloppy. That was it was uh, that was eerie though. The ugh, dude, I, actually, I yeah. love when the cameraman's like, what the like, fucking going in there? You want to go in a creepy fucking room? <laughs> and she's like. Yes, that's it. He's like, I didn't sign up to go in a creepy room. She's like, well, I did. That is literally and why we are here. she regrets it literally within one and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So are we up to six skulls now? I Oliver? think I feel like he's a he's a ten now. <laughs> it's ten it's coming up. Who knows? We could be at ten. All right. Well, and then we, we just get you that add uh, the skulls. We pack the court with the skulls. We're gonna get you that hell and house twenty uh, poster sent down, autographed. I can't wait to see on your Instagram, like, hey, guys, my new art piece is for Hell House. Hell House. Hell House Part 4. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it doesn't have to be 100% in alignment for me to do it these days. Yeah. Uh, but if you guys haven't seen this one, I would I would check it out. It's streaming for free on something right now. So it's a really Prime. fun. This is the perfect time of year for this movie because uh, haunted houses are 
getting built right now. They're getting constructed. Finishing touches are being put together so that we can go and gather and wear our masks and get scared. And check in to Hell House. Yeah. All right. All right, Oliver, you want to introduce our last film from 2003? Oh, man. Let me wing it. Okay. We're going to talk about 2003's Identity, which is a movie that I conflated with Frail for a long time. Or Frailty, starring Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. So when I looked this up, I was like, wait, he's not in this? I have no idea what this movie is. (laughs) And then I was pleasantly surprised. There was a storm. It was an accident. We had an accident. And we got stuck and we couldn't get out. We couldn't get out because of the storm. It's flooded. It's a dead end. You the manager? Officer Rose. Transporting a prisoner here. But the roads were all flooded and I could use a room. Because it takes place in my new favorite setting, which is the early 2000s. Which is slowly becoming the current setting because everybody wears that same goofy shit now. (laughs) I don't get it. But it's awesome because, you know, this is the area where there's like barely cell phones. So it's really easy to do things like, oh, I don't have any, you know, service here. And just the one radio works. Yep. So all that stuff is like this. The suspension of disbelief is a little bit easier. Definitely. Yeah. Isolation. Do you see a high hill I can go on to get reception on my phone? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a part where the actress is like, you know, she has a whole thing up. She's doing this, and I think it's even like I thought it was a car phone at the beginning of the movie because I wasn't sure what time period it was, but yeah, I I really really like this. Um, the other cool part is I watched this with my wife the other day and she kept going, ah, I gotta, I'm going to go to bed. Cause we started watching it pretty late. She goes to bed early. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I'm about to go to bed. She finished the whole fucking movie, which never happened. <laughs> like I couldn't believe that. I was like this. Well, there this is, is a- it's horror, but it's also, there's serious mystery to this movie. And it's like, well, what yeah. is the deal here? She wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is it an was Agatha awesome. Christie novel, yep. you know, like it really held my attention. It was yeah. a full face watcher. Was was this your first uh, viewing of it, Oliver? It was because I thought it was frailty nice. that we were talking about for a long time. <laughs> Dude, frailty is great as well. This isn't Mothman prophecies. What the fuck happened like, what, here? What the fuck? <laughs> I thought the cover of this had a hand on it. I just see Ray Liotta. What the fuck is happening? Oh man! So, Again, playing himself. So this one. This knows. is a hard thing about movies with like super big names for me because like it takes me such a long time to get into it because it's like I don't know what your fucking name is. You're Ray Liotta. Really good ensemble cast. Um, Great cast. Ray Liotta, John Cusack, Amanda Peet, uh, Stokely from um, the Faculties in this, uh, directed by good. James Mangold. But this is good. Um, and I, I. Oh shit! That's right. That was a James Mangold. I feel like a awesome. lot of it was yeah. A lot of people that listen to this podcast might not have seen this movie because it, it teeters on the edge. It's definitely horror, but it, it's also a thriller mystery, as we mentioned. Psychological, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, I got cell vibes from this one for some reason. Oh, oh with the, Jennifer Lopez. reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just with the guy being a schizophrenic. Sure. Whoops, spoiler. Yeah. 
Also, uh, John C. McGinley's in this, and I love that guy. Yeah. Because I have a story about him. Oh, what's the story? I liked Scrubs a whole lot when I was in college. I did as well. Because it was always on late, and I would be working on a school project, and it would be on. So I would just watch it. You'd see it. And a couple years later, in like 2011, I want to say, there was a movie being filmed in Cleveland called Alex Cross, and it had Tyler Perry in it. Okay. And it had uh, Tyler Perry plays a detective. Same character from Along Came a Spider that's played by Morgan Freeman and Alex Cross. Um, the bad guy is what's Jack's real name from Lost? Oh, that guy. Yeah, Matthew Fox. Matthew is that him? Fox, or is that yeah. the other one? I kept wanting to say Wolf. Matthew Wolf. Yeah, but- he's he's the bad guy, and um, the production company had contacted me somehow. I mean, this was a long time ago to do some sketches of Matthew Fox for like a police sketch scene. Oh, cool. and when I went to deliver him. The, the guy was like, hey, do you want to be in this? And I was like, uh, fuck yeah. Why not? Of course. And when I was there, he's like, cool. He takes the artwork. He goes away. He's like, help yourself with some food. I didn't have anything to do that day. So I just sat down there eating like pulled pork sandwiches by myself for like 45 minutes at the table. <laughs> <laughs> then I went home. And like the filming was the next day. And I was supposed to go to the police headquarters downtown. And I think we had softball practice or something that day. So like I went right afterwards and I was all sweaty. I took a shower and I was still sweaty because it was like the middle of summer and I was like all super self-conscious about it. And so they had me like be the sketch artist in the scene. And like I did the scene, uh, Tyler Perry like stuck a gun in my face. It was like, draw the eyes, draw the eyes bluer, motherfucker. Like as a joke between scenes. So that was cool. Um, but the John C. McGinley part is he plays the the police chief. And I didn't know. Again, like I just go into these things like, I thought Identity was a different movie. I didn't know John T. McGillian was in this Alex Cross thing. So he comes in and I'm like, holy fuck. It's a dude from Scrubs. I love Scrubs. This is cool. The scene ends. They tell me I can go. And it's like, I don't know, 1 a.m. I go outside and there's there's another craft services cart with no one there. And I'm like, I'm just going to check out these snacks before I leave. There's just a whole bunch of pudding there. So I'm just standing there eating a cup, like a pudding cup by myself. And John C. McGinley just comes walking out of nowhere, like out of the mist. I didn't even see him. He just appears. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, well, never been afraid of a pretzel before. Grabs a pretzel, takes a bite out of it and leaves. I was like, well, <laughs> that's it. Then I went home. Oh that's my God. John C. McGinley's story. And he plays a guy who gets killed in this movie. I like that segue. Dude, that's great. That is that that is fucking that's hilarious too. So was Tyler Perry cool? You only said draw the eyes blue, motherfucker. So wait, were you the only in thing the movie? He said to me, What's that? Were you in the movie then? My hand is in the movie. Just your hand. Yeah. My hand Damn. is in it. I forget the names of the I think uh what's the what's the famous guy that did like the documentaries? The the Vietnam baseball jazz Ken Burns yeah Ken Burns another guy named Ken Burns is in this movie and that's why I remember his name hi I'm Ben Burns Ken's lesser <laughs> yeah, known no, brother his name is Ken Burns I'm pretty sure <laughs> like not 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 the documentary director the other one so so identity yeah. was filmed at uh, 
Four Aces Ranch, which, by the way, is like out in the middle of the fucking nowhere in Nevada. Is it in Nevada? Yeah. Okay, so it is. And it's a it's just a movie set. Um, is it the Bunny Ranch? Is that where they, is that where they filmed it? Pretty much. Yeah. But it's so like there's a motel setting, a gas station setting, a phone booth, and it's just like a bunch of different sets that it's just like out in the middle of nowhere. I feel like Ray Liotta would be at home at the Bunny Ranch. That's where Ray Liotta was born, dude. Are you dude, kidding me? He's there right now. He was born to a bunny. Uh, <laughs> but a bunch of other stuff was filmed here, too. Uh, or scenes were filmed here from A House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. Oh, damn. A couple episodes cool. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so a couple, Rob Zombie also loves this place. And a couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, all at this hotel? This motel? No. Or just the town i think the gas station was what was used gotcha. uh for the devil's reject in uh house of a thousand corpses so mm. it's just a bunch of yeah but yeah. it's 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 not actually nevada it's uh it's in california gotcha yeah but it's in the the desert the desert yeah there's that that part of northern california that pretty much is nevada so yeah but I, I love the filming style of this movie, uh, to your point, Oliver, like the early 2000s thing. Like, yeah. It, it, this feels like Halloween H2O to me, the yeah. filming style. It's got a vibe. I, I love. Yep. Um, in the rain. The thing is, I think it probably would have hated it like four years ago. Oh. I'd have been like, oh, it just looks so dated. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, thank Christ. Now it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Give me that like slight <laughs> blurry crunchiness. Yeah. Also, this movie just kind of. Uh, like it exemplifies that time frame, you know, like even the twist ending, it just sort of is that time frame. So, but they're all, they're all stranded at this, you know, Nevada motel, right? During this really nasty storm. It's like the evil dead, like both bridges are washed out. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it feels like a video game, yeah. right? Oh, it Silent does. Hill for sure. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, God damn, this road's blocked off. Ugh. And they turn around. How many of them are like? So you kill a boss, and then it's open. Ten people, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Ten people. So they're ten, ten strangers, and they are you know kind of forced to like get to know each other. Um, but they're getting picked off one by one. To your point, Jamie, like the Agatha Christie things going on. Yeah, um, yeah. So we have like the we have uh, the ex cop, who's now a limo driver. We have the ex actress. We have a prostitute. We have the newlyweds. We have the family with the little child. This unruly then, fucking uh, <laughs> motel uh, we have the manager. Mother, the guy, John yeah. Hawks, yeah. This and then uh, the cop, our boy Ray Liotta, with a prisoner played by Jake Busey, who's amazing. Dude. He's also I wondered at, I wondered at one point if Jake Busey's character is the same. <clears throat> Did they ever say his name? Sorry. No. They the char- character name? Yeah, that's even better because I was wondering if it was the same dude from The Frighteners. He plays the exact same oh, that was, character. But that, that took place in like the 50s though, didn't it? Like no, it, his guy? Yeah, no, it's certainly not the same character, but he plays essentially the, the same, same character. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was the exact same character. I'm like, oh, it's the same dude. But then I yeah, He plays remembered. it, like to your point, he plays it pretty much identical. Jamie yeah. loves The Frighteners. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, this movie's great. Mystery, tension, um, it's got it all. Twists, the setting, the rain, pounding, pounding, pounding. Yeah, um, the setting. So my only thing is on the rewatch. So I like movies where when I rewatch them, I can see the clues and see the shit unfolding. 
there really are no clues pointing to what this actually they is. They make you feel, not to do a spoiler, but you find out at the end that there's like one specific, they do like a, a double switch to you at the end, right? Yes. Where it's like, okay, this was the ending. And then after that, they're like, just kidding. Yeah. But when they do the first like reveal, you're like, oh my God, how did I miss all of these context clues? But having seen this movie, you know, probably 10 times, I was like, they're not there. No, they're not fucking they're there. They're not there. <laughs> they're explained. And yes. it's cool how they explain it. It's like, oh, okay. But like watching through, I was like, oh, was that it? No. No. They're, they just aren't there. The rewatch doesn't add anything to that. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know the ending, you know it. Be, here's the thing is to me, they build this movie not for the ending, but for the whodunit. Yeah. To me. So it's like, once you know who did it, like, you know, it doesn't add. Yeah. Yeah. The payoff kind of felt kind of hollow to me on the second, like the second gotcha. Sure. Yeah. I, I feel like they should just ended it at the first gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That it was would have been way more effective. It yeah. just, it felt really forced. And yeah. like the, the jump cuts when they show like, <laughs> like, Oh, this is what was actually going on. I was just dying laughing. I was like, come <laughs> on. It's, it's this is so, like forced so over the top fake. corny. Yeah. I I gotta say the that first kill though, um or the kill of the actress with the yeah. when she's running around with the uh shower curtain. Yeah, and, the, the curtain. Yeah. Dude, I love that whole scene and her like the discovery of her body, it feels like I still know what you did last summer almost. I love all the discovery. Love the just love the whole atmosphere and the motel like it sets it all up right in that diner that's like right there like it's yeah the environment is just as important as the <laughs> characters in this movie and there are a shitload of characters so um yeah they do a really good job setting it up too like with that opening sequence where it's sort of just like smash cut from character to character that shows how they all got there yeah oh, I like, love almost that. like yeah. in the middle of each story where like the first I forget who shows up first but then. John C. McGinley and his son, like stepson, come in and then smash cuts to them, and then they're standing out there, and then she gets hit, and then then smash cuts to John Cusack's guy in the car. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, I love that beginning because it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot of setup, but it all worked. I How many skulls? Um, I got to give this one like six point eight skulls. It's hard judging with yeah. these skulls. Yeah. Six point eight, yeah, less than Hell House. You like this movie more than you like Hell House. Seven point two skulls. I here's what I think. I think you rated Hell House a little too many skulls. <laughs> Maybe you just really like Hell House, but then that why don't you like Identity? Yeah. What do you What do you have against Identity? Nine right? skulls for Identity. Okay. <laughs> so you liked it more than fourteen oh eight. Eight skulls for Identity. <laughs> God damn. It's tough, dude. I mean, this is going to turn into like the horror version of First Take. Eventually, they're just gonna be like getting mad over ratings. shouting at each other. Stephen yeah. A. Smith shows up. What do you mean? Fortune is a nine. Fortune is a nine. Identity is an eight point five. <laughs> All right, Stephen, you swayed me. Yeah, it, it sticks though because I would give it an eight point five. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, pretty great, and I liked it. Definitely, <laughs> I'm going eight skulls. Eight skulls. Yep. Good. This great is, one. Yeah. This is again the rewatch didn't do it any favors. Still fine. Yeah. Still a fun watch. Um, I actually put out... electronics in this one. What was that? There's no wet electronics in this one. Yeah, no. Nope. (laughs) Although, she was waving that 
phone around pretty heavily in the uh, well, but in the ring. Those were the phones that didn't matter if you got re- That's wet true. because it yeah. literally was like a, a concrete block. It's a good point. Cinder block. Did you guys have a favorite of these three? It seems like from the skull rating, Oliver's favorite yeah. was fourteen oh eight. My rate, my rating speaks for itself. So. Yep. <laughs> Mine does not, <laughs> because my ratings are different now yeah. than they were eight minutes ago. <laughs> Oliver, thank you one hundred million times, man. This was so fun, um, and I'm glad we uh, we got to revisit some movies we haven't seen in a while and introduce you to some new ones, man. Yeah, man. This hangout's been a solid six star, a six skulls. <laughs> This is some bullshit, man. <laughs> I was ready to give this thing a 10 out of 10. You guys got Dude. me watching a movie I yeah. hadn't seen before, including another movie that I thought I'd seen before, but turns out it was a different movie. <laughs> Even better. The select, this me. selection process has had all sorts of twists and turns. I'll be, I would be back again on this podcast. It's fun. Well, thank you, man. We'll, we'd love to have you back. And cool. I think what we learned today is any movie with John Cusack is a good fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, that's what we learned. Next time, we're going to watch High Fidelity. Just all three <laughs> movies. I'm trying to poke holes at it in like nanoseconds, and I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. Yeah, he just does really it. can't. But uh, thank you, man. And and everyone, please go check out Oliver's work. Um, you won't be disappointed. Uh, and go buy something, because he's got stuff for sale. Yeah. Thanks again, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Oliver.